I don't remember much, but let's just say it was a good year. And the Islanders have seemingly lost in every conceivable way. Are they good enough to win a cup? Probably not. Are they good enough to make the playoffs? Maybe. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 67, which just happens to be the year I was born. I don't remember much, but let's just say it was a good year. Hi, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday. Please find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday and also via Newsday Islanders text, your direct connection to one-on-one communication with me and other Newsday staffers covering the team. Text 631-303-3766 or go to newsday.com backslash text to start your 14-day trial subscription, which is uh, actually a tougher word to say than I thought it would be. (laughs) (laughs) And and you hear his laughter in the background. In just a couple of minutes, I'll be bringing in uh, Newsday teammate, my longtime friend, Colin Stevenson, to discuss what has been a uh, so far disappointing start to this truncated NHL season. The Islanders have started 3-4-0. They've lost three straight on this road trip, which concludes with back-to-back games in Philly on Saturday and Sunday. And oh, by the way, getting points against the Flyers certainly won't be easy. And the Islanders have seemingly lost in every conceivable way. Their offense has struggled. They've been shut out twice in the first seven games. They've lost on a last-minute goal when their much-celebrated defensive style failed them with some lost assignments on a rush. Uh, That being in Tuesday's 3-2 loss at Washington as defenseman Justin Schultz scored the winner with 26.4 seconds to go. And they've not been able to hold what should have been a very comfortable lead, giving up six straight goals at Washington after rookie Oliver Wallstrom scored his first NHL goal in a three-goal first period. To dissect that all, I'd now like to bring in uh, Mr. Happy in the background, Colin Stevenson. (laughs) Well, you That's Captain Happy on, to you. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Colin on Twitter at Colin S. Newsday. Colin, thanks so much for uh, hopping aboard. Hope all has been going well so far with you and your season. All has been well. Um, you, you know, the only team lower than the Islanders in the standings are the Rangers. So, uh, so you know, things are going well. But, you know, timing is everything as it happened uh the Rangers are off today because they they won last night in Buffalo. So uh, so the sky uh, was falling, but maybe it stopped in in, uh, in mid flight, and we can go on and, and play the next 40, 49 games and see what where that takes us. Yeah, true. Forty nine games left to play. I'm sure as Islander fans are concerned, the sky has fallen and crushed all of the Islanders' hopes <laughs> for this season. It's funny you say that because my son happens to be one of those Islander fans. And he looked at me last night in terror after, after it was all over and said, they're not going to make the playoffs now. And I, and I, you know, (laughs) I I had to, I had to try and calm him down and relax. Just 49 games to go. Everybody's going to be playing each other. We haven't, we haven't played Philadelphia or Pittsburgh and we haven't played Washington's A team. And, And I'm like, so those teams are all going to be playing each other. They're going to be beating each other up. Relax. 49 games to go. You know, it'll be okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I sort of wrote in, uh, in you know, going into Thursday's game that it, it could get – it can get late very early 
playing only within a division. But yeah, 49 games left to go. Still a long time. But let me ask you, what is it about this NHL season that may lend itself to slow starts for some teams like, you know, the Islanders and the Rangers, you know, a, a, a quick 10 game training camp, no preseason games. And what, whereas other teams like the Capitals, they haven't lost yet in regulation. The Montreal Canadiens are off to a, a really good start. I mean, is there something that's been amplified by how teams are going into this season that, that that's leading to this? Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, no, no matter, look, no matter what, what the format would have been, you were going to have teams that get off the fast starts and, and other teams get off the slow starts. That's just, uh, you know, that's just to be expected. Um, so I, I don't know that there's a common thread, but, uh, you know, clearly uh, for our two teams, uh, I, I was mistaken when I thought that they would both get off to, to relatively fast starts. I thought that, you know, because they, you know, your team has 18 players back from last season, plus the entire coaching staff. And, and my team has 18 players back from last season, plus, you know, most of the, the coaching staff, including the head coach. Um, I thought that that would, um, you know, that would, that would preclude, preclude them from having a slow start. I thought that they'd be able to get out of the gate quickly, but um but, you know, I mean, there's I think there's individual factors everywhere and, and they're different for everybody. Like I would say that, for instance, the, the Rangers problems have been that, you know, guys that they count on to do certain things. You know, their number one center hasn't played like a number one center. I mean, he 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 actually has an excuse. He had he had uh, the coronavirus and missed all of training camp with that. So he's sort of playing his way into game shape. But their goalies haven't been as good as perhaps, you know, they might have expected. So I, I think that if you go around the, the league, you're going to find different different things for different teams. Now, now the one that surprises me is Dallas, right? Because they, they, they had some coronavirus issues, you know, a bunch of players tested positive. They started the season late and they started out like gangbusters. So um, that's the one that that would surprise me, but I, you know, it's still too early to, <clears throat> to really say anything um, and, and to draw any, any real conclusions. I mean, there, you know, our teams have played seven games. A couple of teams have played nine games. Um, you know, as I said to my son, there's 87.5% of the season left for, for our team. So, you know, I, I don't know that you can draw too many conclusions from, from what we've seen. No, I know live, uh, the only two times you got to see the Islanders were the first two games of that season. The the January 14th and uh, 16th games were the team's traded shutouts there. And I'm sure you're getting daily updates from your son, but, you know, do you have any early impressions on the Islanders specifically? I got mad respect for Barry Trotz, as you, as you know. I think as much as everybody has said, you know, it's a sprint. It's not a marathon. There's no time to waste all that kind of stuff. I still think that coaches do need to build trust in players. Uh, and, and clearly uh, Barry needs to, you know, there's, there's some things that I'm sure all Islander fans complain about, you know, that the, you know, Wallstrom and, and Bellows need to play more and they need to get more ice time. And Ross Johnston doesn't need to play as much. And, you know, why is Leo Komarov in the lineup and things like that. But, you know, the coach has, uh, has trust in these guys. You know, he's got a lot of trust in Komarov, clearly. Um, he likes Ross Johnston, uh, clearly. Um, and he's got to he's got to grow trust in in the young kids. Right. But yes, the, 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 the thing about the Islanders that my son's always telling me, they just don't have scoring. Right. I mean, you get shut out by the Rangers. Now, they didn't show up that night. You know, they right. had the goal in the neck and the goalie didn't play. And, you know, I think they were all rattled and maybe they didn't show up that night. Um, 
you know, you play Boston the next game and you score one goal with like five minutes left or something. Um, and, and, and you get shut out by the Devils. And it wasn't even Mackenzie Blackwood, right? It was the other guy? Scott Wedgwood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so clearly that, that you know, the, the team, the Islanders, do not have enough goal scoring. Now, you know, again, as we speak, it's Friday and uh, last, last night, Thursday night, uh, you played Washington and you get three goals in the first period. And I'm thinking, okay, I, you know, they'll be okay. And then I, I don't know what happened there. I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen that. Um, um, so I, I can't help you with that. But generally speaking, they, they need to find a way to generate more scoring. And quite frankly, uh, not having Anthony Beauvillier for however long they don't have him for is not going to help. Well, at least through these two games in Philadelphia, for for sure. And and one of the the real issues with the Islanders is is, is the top line, the, the Matthew Barzell's line with Jordan Eberle and Anders Lee has has done a pretty good job of being you know to the net and and, and creating opportunities. And, and Barzell looks like you know a really focused player uh, this season. Uh, he looks like he's taken a step up from what we've seen in the past for Matthew Barzell, which is a great sign for the Islanders organization. He's looking for his shot a little bit more. The The, the problem after the top line, as Barry has said, is a, a lot of nights he's only had one line going. And right. where that really falls, you bring up Anthony Beauvillier, but really Brock Nelson has not gotten off to the, the fast start that Islander fans and the team has gotten used to. You know, I, I know it's not October, so it can't be Brocktober, but still, you know, Brock Nelson needs to be bringing more to the table, as does Josh Bailey uh, with Beauvillier out. And this is a great opportunity for Kiefer Bellows to carve out a role for him. And, you know, that, that trio has got to get going to support Barzell's line. The, the fourth line, you know, the, the energy line, the, uh, the, the identity line that Barry Trotz has relied upon, Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck, they've been so-so. In a lot of the games, they have not brought that identity that kind of drives the engine for the rest of the team. And then, you know, all season, uh, you, you brought up Ross Johnson, you brought up Leo Komarov, you brought up Wallstrom, you brought up Bellows. You know, it, it's a Jeopardy category. You know, which wingers have played on Jean-Gabriel <laughs> Pajot's line? It, it's basically, you know, the whole roster at this point. And you got you to gotta get Pajot going with some chemistry here. So, yeah. you know, it's, again, I, I sort of think like, you know, maybe these are things that would get worked out in a normal training camp with preseason games. And for whatever reason, the Islanders are behind the curve on this. Yes, no, I, I, you're exactly right. I mean, these are the sorts of things that you would look at in preseason and try in preseason and you didn't have a preseason. So, you know, you're, you're going to have to try things uh, and it's not ideal, but you're going to have to try different things in regular season games where you're actually, you know, there are actual points at stake. Now, the good news is, you know, I, I read in your story, your sky is falling game story today, that the Islanders are seven points back of Washington already. And, you know, oh, woe is me. You don't have to worry about being seven points back of Washington. You got to look at being three points back of Pittsburgh because they're in, in the fourth spot right now. So, I mean, it's, it's not out of reach um, and there is time and, you know, Look, Barry Trotz is a smart guy. Yes, he, he, he believes in these veterans. He's going to give them a chance to get their legs going and figure out what's going on. But at some point, you know, if, if, uh, if he needs to make a change, I think he's a strong enough guy to make a change, right? So if Leo Komarov is, 
is not the guy to, to, to step into Beauvillier's spot, uh, then he'll put somebody else there eventually, um, you know, or Beauvillier will come back. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, you know, it's not too early to, to, to be concerned. It's not too early to wonder, but I think in the end, they'll figure it out. A couple of days ago, I was on uh, Kevin Allen and Tom Laidlaw's podcast, and uh, they asked me this question, which I will uh, forward right now to you. <laughs> Simple question, no long discussion about this, but they asked me which four teams from the East were going to make the playoffs and in what order. And I said, Flyers, Capitals, Bruins, Islanders. If you had to go one through four in this division after 56 games, who are your top four right now? Well, I'm not sure I agree with, with those four. For one thing, I've, I got my doubts about the Bruins. I think the Bruins are um, they're in a transition piece. You know, with Chara gone, with uh, Tory Krug gone, um, my son, you know, who's much more up on these some of these things than I am, pointed out that Patrice Bergeron is old. So I think they're sort of caught in between being old and, and transitioning to younger guys. And I, I'm not sure. And plus, they don't have all those free points that they can just take off of Ottawa and Montreal like they always do every year. So <laughs> I don't know if I agree with you that that. All that, right. So what's your top four? I think the Rangers are going to be in there. I think the Islanders are going to be in there uh, and the Flyers will be in there. And then, yes, I guess the Capitals will be in there. So that I, I would swap out the Bruins for the Rangers. All right. Before we finish our discussion with Colin Stevenson, let's break for a little bit more information on our Newsday's news service, Newsday's Islander Techs. Get the latest on the New York Islanders when you sign up to receive text alerts all season long. Newsday's Andrew Gross will text you real-time analysis and behind-the-scenes reporting for $4.99 a month. Go to newsday.com slash text to get started or text 631-303-3766. That's 631-303-3766 or online at newsday.com slash text. And we're back and uh, we'll, we'll wrap up this discussion with Colin Stevenson. And I guess uh, I'm saving uh, the big gun question here sort of <laughs> for the end. But I've been sort of trying to wrap this around in my head. And, you know, obviously the Islanders run to the Eastern Conference final for the first time since 93 and sort of the trajectory they've shown in the playoffs under Barry Trotz speaks to, you know, maybe where this Islanders franchise is pointed right now under Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz. It, all indication seems to be it's going up. But if you dig a little deeper, could it be that the Islanders are really just a mediocre team and this 3-4-0 start is kind of where they are? Um, you know, since the fr their, their franchise record 15-0-2 run, in October and November of last season, they've really just hovered around 500. They went into the COVID hiatus last season without a win in their last seven games and really only point percentage and the expansion of the postseason to 24 teams got them into that restart of play. You know, obviously, like I mentioned, they capitalized. They went to the conference fi finals. It fueled a lot of optimism for this season. Is that too reactionary is that too 
out there to, to think that maybe they are just a mediocre team. No, I, you know, actually, I, I think I agree with you. I, I, th I think, uh, I think that's exactly what happened. I think, as I said, the last time we spoke, I think the Islanders are a team that is built for the playoffs. The problem with the NHL is that you first have to get to the playoffs. And, and I, I, I don't know if they're constructed necessarily to get um, to the playoffs, but once they're there, I think they're a team that's designed to be able to go, you know, go far and do things and make noise. Um, just, you know, they're, they're a team that's built on grit. They're a team that's built on, you know, uh, relies heavily on veterans, on goaltending, on coaching. And, and I think that that fourth line uh, or that identity line, whatever you want to call it, it's not a fourth line because they don't play fourth line minutes. It's, it's more of like an old school checking line. I think that that is a line that uh, makes them different from every other team. And I think that that's effective in the playoffs. Now, again, you know, I repeat it. I, I don't know that they're built for the regular season, as it were. You look at their roster up and down. And I, I do think that maybe they're, you know, they're not elite. And I don't know if I look at their roster and look at the way they're constructed, they're in a position where they're going into a new building next year. They, you know, they can't rebuild now. Okay. So I think that they, they are where they are. I mean, like they, you know, before Lou and Barry got here, they missed the playoffs, right? Um, they had made the playoffs a year before, but they missed it in 2018. And then Lou came on board and Barry came on board and, and <clears throat> they've gone all out to make the playoffs and to do what they can in the playoffs. They won around the first year. Uh, they went to the conference finals uh, this past year. So, but I think that's, I don't see how they can improve, right? I mean, they're not winning lotteries. Like the Rangers won the, the NHL draft lottery the last two years. They got the number two pick overall and the number one pick overall. So, I mean, like they had a rebuild plan. They went through it. They suffered through two really, really tough years. This is the third year. Uh, and they're coming out of it. So rebuilds take a long time. And I don't think the Islanders are, are constructed for that. I think the Islanders time is now and they're going to do anything. It's going to be now. But the question is what happens after this? Like what happens when that, you know, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Martin line stops being as effective as it is. I mean, do you have people uh, uh, in the system that can come in and, and replace them and, and kind of go on? Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know that they do. I mean, you know, we, we point out that they don't have enough scoring. Um, and I don't know, you know, short of, I'd like, I, I would like to see more of Bellows. I would like to see Wallstrom. There's a reason you drafted these guys in the first round. Um, and, and they, if, if they live up to what you think they can live up to, then they could give you an element that you currently don't have. So I'd like to see more of them, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the bigger, question there is if they're just what they are now and it's just a mediocre team a 500 team a little bit better than 500 maybe sneak into the playoffs and then hope to do damage uh, once you get there I, yes I think that's honestly I think that's what they are and you know it's going to be an exciting regular season because every game is a four-point game and you know tracking them and seeing if they get in you know are they in today are they out today I think that's going to be really really fun and then you know, if they get in, then then you can have a lot more fun. Yeah, no, I, I think this organization's future is really tied in with Bellows, as you mentioned, and, and, and Wallstrom, and also, you know, Ilya Sorokin becoming that elite goalie that everyone, you know, sort of, those are the expectations and the hype that's been put on 
you know, the highly touted Russian prospect. You know, certainly you watch the last five seasons in the KHL, him being called the best goalie not being in, not in the NHL currently. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the organization's hopes are, are, are sort of being pinned on those, you know, Wallstrom and Bellows providing the scoring that they're not getting. Uh, for sure. And maybe Sorokin taking over as a number one goalie. Um, but, you know, it's also, they, they, they do have some prospects that they're excited about. You know, defenseman Bodie Wild is coming up. He's an excellent skater. He might be able to supplant Nick Letty at some point. You know, Sebastian Ajo, who's kind of the seventh defenseman right now, has been a healthy scratch. I think there's a lot of indications that he's NHL ready. He's not a big body. But again, a, a very fluid skater. Maybe he can add something. And look, if if Wallstrom and Bellows are not providing, you know, exactly the scoring that, that the Islanders need, at what point do they turn from prospects into trade chips? Because I, I, I don't think Lou, Lou's not going to sit on his hands. I, I agree with everything you've said. This is a team that is designed uh, to, to win now. They, they, this is their window, uh, particularly going into UBS arena. So I, I don't think Lou is going to, you know, have as much patience, you know, for development as he might in another season. Yeah. You know, the thing is <clears throat> now is the timing is just the timing for them is it has to be now because of, of the new building, um, you can't go into a new building with a rebuilding team, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you got to go in with, with a product that people can get behind and, and can get excited about. And so I think they're, I don't want to say they're stuck because I think, I think they're, they're a decent team. Now, do I think that they're a team that can win the Stanley cup this year? I don't know that I'm going to go that far. And so, you know, that's what you have to decide uh, when you get to a certain point in your uh, evolution is can we win the cup can we compete for the cup and if we can't then we have to rebuild uh but rebuilding is painful i've just witnessed the rangers go through it and it was it was very difficult i mean it's it's very difficult you know talking to fans and you know people didn't want to watch and 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 uh play all the kids and you know all this kind of stuff and and you know losing every night or most nights is not fun but that's what that's what you have to do. And if you look at where the Rangers are today, now they, I will say they did, <laughs> they went, they won the lottery in two consecutive years. So, I mean, that, that does help to speed it up, but, but you also look at the, the prospects that they've collected and, and they're pretty well set up, I think for the next couple of years. So at some point, at some point, the, the Islanders are going to have to make that decision as to whether they're going to keep going this way and, and try and keep adding pieces to keep, keep the ship afloat or whatever, or they're going to tear it down and rebuild it. Now, I don't think that's going to be today. I don't think it's going to be tomorrow, but you know, you gotta, you gotta accept the fact that, you know, look at the, look what happened with the new England Patriots for 20 years. They were like the, the standard of the NFL. They won, I don't know how many Super Bowls. Too many. Cap league that, that, that runs out and you're going to have to rebuild and that's where they are now. So I think, you know, the Islanders are in that in that place where they're sort of in between, right? I mean, are they good enough to win a cup? Probably not. Are they good enough to make the playoffs? Maybe. And uh, and they've got to make some decisions on some of these players. And, 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 and what that means is you're going to have to maybe move some of these veterans out 
maybe before they're done and, and make room for some young guys because you need to see those young guys in there. And, and that's, that's where, you know, you really, that's why I'm saying you really need to get a look at Bellows and Wallstrom and, and some of these other guys, Bodie wild, um, I guess is next year's problem. I suppose. Yeah, probably next year at the earliest. I would yeah, think. So, I mean, you're you're going to want to see these guys and see if they can play. Yeah. Last one, um, and we've sort of touched upon it, with, with the schedule of all games within the division, will that ultimately help the Islanders or will it ultimately bury them? And, you know, Barry Trotz certainly likes the fact that the Islanders' fate will be in their own hands with, the, uh, you know, only playing division teams. I, I think it helps them. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's one of the things I said to my son when I was trying to talk him off the ledge. You know, the other teams are going to be playing each other, right? So when you're saying, okay, we're seven points behind Washington and we haven't played their A team, okay, yeah, well, Washington's going to play Philly at some point. You know, Washington's going to play Boston at some point and Pittsburgh at some point. You know, those teams are going to beat each other up. And listen, you know, you know, following the Rangers, I've, I've just seen two games with Pittsburgh and two with Buffalo. Buffalo is not the walkover that, that you, you know, that you remember them to be. You've seen the Devils. They're not the walkover that we remember them to be. So, you know, those two teams, while I don't think either of them is going to get in into the top four, they're going to take points off of people. So, you know, I think um, what you want to do if you're the Islanders is win games in regulation. That's the maximum advantage, right? You, you, know, you win two points and you deprive them of two points. If you win in overtime, then they still get a point. You know, you're only getting one point on them. So you want to win games in regulation. And, uh, you know, with 49 games to go, you have plenty of time to take care of your own business. Plus, as I said, you know, Pittsburgh's going to play Philly. Philly's going to play Boston. Boston's going to play Washington. Everybody's going to play each other, and they're all going to beat each other up. It, it, it'll, it'll, keep, it'll keep all of our teams in the game till the end. All right. Well, listen, Colin, as always, I appreciate you uh, hopping on Island Ice and getting your perspective, and uh, best to you and your family here. Oh, thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, listen, uh, I can't wait to uh, to see some more hockey and to see you again from a socially distance. Uh, you know, I want to see, uh, you know, get a turn in that old barn, you know, and check that out before before they close the doors. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Soon enough, my friend. So that's it for episode 67 of Island Ice. Thank you all for listening. And thanks again to Colin Stevenson for jumping on board. To find all of Newsday's Islanders content, please go to newsday.com backslash aisles. And again, to check out Newsday Islander texts, text 631-303-3766 or go to newsday.com backslash aisles text to start your 14-day trial subscription. Happy hockey, everybody.